Lisa and I welcome Sierra Sill to our podcast. Got a grumpy old man in your life? Change that. Okay, not that way. <laughs> Sierra Sill Natural Mineral Joint Pain Relief with a money back guarantee at Shoppers, London Drugs, and the best health food stores. Head over to sierrasill.com, S I E R R A S I L.com. Use your code GF and get 10% off your purchase. Welcome to episode 34 of Gracefully and Frankly. I'm Lisa Brandt. I'm Erin Davis, and we are so grateful to you for joining us. I think gratitude is pretty much the attitude across the country for everyone who is not imperiled these days. It's it's a lot, and we're glad you're here. Thanks for coming along. We're going to talk about your sister's ordeal with fires so close, blowing through Kelowna and awfully close to her home and devastating so many others. Mm -hmm. And just what's it like when you are on the verge of evacuating and then you finally have to go? It must be terrifying. So I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what your sister went through and glad she's safe now and her family's safe and everybody's okay. Yeah, they are among the lucky ones in West Kelowna. It was just so devastated and we're seeing more and more pictures as time goes on and echoes of Yellowknife and, of course, of Lahaina. It's just uh, so much. And there are other people across the country who have also been through this this year, whether you're near Strathcona in Alberta or out in Nova Scotia earlier this year. It's just been an incredible, tragic year. So, yeah, we're going to talk about the good in people that Leslie witnessed Also, I should mention my dad is faring just fine. He's, you know, he got up a few times that first night in evacuation and didn't know where he was. And then get this, he decided that mom died in a gunfight. Can you explain (gasps) that one? No. No. Is he watching too many Westerns? I don't know. I mean, she had her aneurysm when they had MASH on the TV. So I don't know if something just finally clicked, but okay, that was weird. And a weird kind of a sideline, but that's dementia for you. Yeah. We're going to talk about aging and how those of us north of 60, as it were, (laughs) are the hardest on ourselves and how that voice has to stop and how we can do it. Plus, you got the sweetest, sweetest gift from your in-laws. I did. They're really trying to push me a little bit with my drum activity. You know, I've been trying to learn the drums again. And again, I tried before. I didn't learn them before. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's going a lot better this time. And they really want to help me with it. So what's the band called, by the way? Bottenville is uh, the Botten Band. Yeah. And the second band that uh, my brother-in-law, he's the keyboard player and, and a vocalist for, is called KJ and the Motones. They play Motown and funk. Oh, the Motones. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And speaking of things we love, this is an absolutely true story. And I know Kathy and Kim are hearing this for the very first time. When my sister was packing up her house to evacuate, taking along the three dogs and a cat, taking along her two adult children, considering taking along her husband. Leslie, when she got settled in at my sister Heather's that night, I said, did you bring your envy pillow? And in all caps, she wrote, of course, tell them. And so we are telling you that of all the things Leslie left behind, she made sure that no matter where she slept, which was on a couch, 
for a couple of nights, she had her envy pillow. And we talk about this, Lisa. We say you can have your 500 thread count sheets or whatever the ultimate is, mm-hmm. or you can have your bed that was made by elves in the North Pole and stuffed with unicorn hair. I don't care what, but if you have a $10 pillow, you have a $10 sleep. Leslie slept on her envy pillow. Nice. That is just about all you need to know about what this pillow, and it was used. I mean, I gave it to her. I didn't even give her my new one because I use it. I'm not that good a sister. I got to get her one. Um, <laughs> she took it and she won't part with it. The husband still on the bubble, the pillow stays. <laughs> and if you want more information, go to envypillow.com, read all about all their products. And don't forget, you can get 10% off using the code G. F and have a good night's sleep no matter almost what. Don't leave home without it. You know, it really seems like the world, our world, our part of the world anyway, is on freaking fire lately. It's outrageous. It is. It's unfathomable. And I shared a map of everywhere in North America, not including Mexico, that is in full flame right now. And it's just, it's unfathomable, but it's not unexpected. Mm -hmm. You know, this is exactly the kind of thing that we were warned about 20 years ago. Scientists started warning about it in the 50s and 60s. And this is what happens when nobody listens. Mm -hmm. Lisa, what do you say to people who say, well, yeah, but it was arson? Or a laser? (laughs) Oh my God, the laser thing. I mean, I, and they say there's proof. There's one born every minute and lately it seems every second. I just, despite yelling at the occasional flag bearer, I don't engage. I mean, there's just, there's a conspiracy theory for every moment. I try and figure out why they grab onto these things instead of, you know, even a doctor will say to you, when you go in, I went in with this little mole thing, and the easiest answer is usually the right one, you know? Yeah, it's Ocam's razor. Yeah, you don't have to go digging into, you know, space lasers, and people just continue to disappoint me. I just move on. What do you do? Um, I let it accumulate and then I just blast. That's kind of the way I am. Two things. Rob and I always say this, and that is if you hear hoof beats, don't look for a zebra. Mm. You know, it's going to be a horse or some apocalyptic unicorn. (laughs) But there's another saying that I came across the other day and I thought of you and I thought of me and I thought of family conflicts that people have and that sort of thing. And it is distance is my new response. I don't return energy. I remove myself. And it sounds like that's what you're doing. And that sounds like stoicism. And that sounds exactly like what I saw in my sister, Leslie, last week. It was awe-inspiring to see how she handled the extreme stress and terror of watching and then waiting to be on an evacuation alert. It was something else. I can't imagine. So how much warning did she get before they had to go? Well, Thursday night, she and I were on Facebook Messenger together, and it was video. And I was basically sitting outside keeping her company. Her kids were coming and going as well. She has two adult children and uh, one child who's her husband. And (laughs) (laughs) love you, Paul. They were watching two mountains away. There's one ridge before theirs. They live on Shannon Lake Ridge 
area. So it is a ridge there on, but on the one ridge past, it was in full flame and there was flare ups or candling as they call it. And there were helicopters doing their little bucket dumps, which just, oh my goodness, it looks like spitting on an inferno Mm -hmm. from a distance. These poor heroic souls trying to stop this. So I was keeping her company for about an hour, I guess, until about 2 a.m. And she was just like, oh my God, Oh my God. You know, you see it coming in real time and yet you can't take Mm -hmm. it in. So there were evacuation watches and this is when, okay, not you yet, you know, keep your stuff ready, get yourself ready. You're going to probably have to go. And some of the ways that were tools for her, which I found fascinating was this Facebook page, Friends of Shannon Lake. And uh, I was able to log on that using her address. And people were watching saying, okay, where are you? Has it hit you yet? Are you evacuated? What do we do? What are we supposed... All of these questions. So it was really a community square. And there was some misinformation that had been picked up on a local news site called Castanet, which has been invaluable, like what radio used to be for everybody. So there's websites, there's Facebook pages, neighbors helping neighbors, neighbors looking at other neighbors' ring cameras, Lisa, Mm. so they could see the fire and how close it was and see the bears walking by. So that's how they kind of kept their cool that night. Her son stayed up all night with a watch on things. They tried to sleep. Now, the next morning after repeated, repeated pleas from her other three sisters to get out before the evacuation order and the RCMP knock at your door, she had someone who came to take away their little brand new teardrop trailer that had been sheltering cozily in their garage. And she had just put a plea out there and got five responses from people saying, I'll take your trailer wherever you need it to go. So that was amazing, the way people step up. And so Leslie followed the guy with her trailer and had a carload full of stuff and went over the snail pace bridge to Kelowna across Okanagan Lake to where my other older sister, Heather, lives. She and her husband opened up their home to Leslie and her family of five adults, including my father and four pets. And then Leslie went back and then she and her husband brought back the whole family and all their stuff before the evacuation order came. We were all so grateful. What would you do, Lisa? And I ask our listener what he or she, probably she would do too. Would you stay in your house and wait for that order or do you get out before it comes? It's hard to say if you're not in that moment, right? It is. And that's, I find a lot of what irritates me on social media is people saying, well, I would do this, you know, and they've never done it. <laughs> um, and I, so I try not to do that too, but I would have to think safety is paramount, right? Leslie strikes me, I don't know her really well, but I know her a bit. She strikes me as just a practical, smart warrior and that she would just want to make sure that everybody is safe. I don't see any benefit in staying behind, especially if you're pretty sure you're going to be ordered out. What do you think? I agree. Like, what are you waiting for? Um, Now, her husband took the complete opposite. You're being paranoid. You're overreacting. We're going to be fine. But he continued to do his delivery. He and Leslie and a few employees have a very small mom and pop concierge service and they deliver booze, other recreational products, mostly groceries. And so many of their clientele's homes are now completely gone. But for those to whom they delivered regularly, Paul was still making deliveries. On Friday night, 
he got a $260 tip on a case of beer and a bottle of whiskey. I mean, people, people want to face the apocalypse blitzed, I guess. I don't know. And again, who are we to judge, right? Oh, man. I mean, there comes a time where you just shut it down. And I don't know. Anyway, that's Paul. I don't know Paul at all. You know, Paul. The short story is that they got back, they returned home on Sunday, and there is no running water. They are under a no-consume order. That's not a boil water order. That is Mm no-consume. Don't use water for anything but flushing. Mm -hmm. And so that was hard to explain to dad. And of course, the kids want their showers and everything else. And I said, lastly, you've got a hot tub. Go in there. Don't take your soap, but at least kind of get cleaned off. And she said, yeah, oh, yeah, and breathe the air. The air is so acrid and thick, and we know now there is long-term damage done from breathing heavy smoke like that. She couldn't even see around her neighborhood the tier of homes up above her, whether they were even there when she got back. It's just, it's been such a worry, Lisa. Yeah. Are they going to get out? Are they going to be safe? But, you know, family stepped up. And then, of course, the flames jumped the lake, and then Heather's place is there watching Fortunately, the fire was a ways away. And so we saw the area where my mom and dad used to live. We saw it up in flames. And it's just, well, again, we keep saying unbelievable, but this is playing out. Northwest Territories, an entire major city yeah. evacuated and people coming down into British Columbia and Alberta trying to find safe haven. It's it's unbelievable. It really is. And coming on the heels of Maui, Lahaina, And I was fascinated by a photo from Lahaina of an entire neighborhood that was devastated except for one home. Did you see that? (sighs) The house had a metal roof, and they think that because of the way fire moves, pieces of wood break off and hit another roof, that this house was completely spared Hmm. and that they had lawn around them. They weren't built to the edge of the lawn, as so many people do, on their lots. And it's just an amazing-looking scene where everything's gone but this one home. And, you know, we've we've got a lot to learn about protecting ourselves and getting ready for the onslaught of Mother Nature now that she's decided to breathe more fire on everybody. It's just, I lost a home to fire years and years ago, just a single house fire. It certainly wasn't on this scale. It was just our home that burned, but there's just no way to describe it until you go through it. Every season, you realize, oh, I haven't got that. I haven't got that. Oh, It's incredible what these people are going to have to go through, the trauma of it, the insurance fights, uh, all the other stuff. Like, I mean, adding pain on top of loss. Oh, my heart goes out to them. To all of them, to everyone who is suffering or worrying. And once you know, I mean, I said to Leslie on Friday night when she was hunkered in place safely at my sister Heather's, I said, how are you feeling? What what are you going through? And she said, it's just a house. I've got my family. I've got my pets. We're safe. It's just a house. Mm. That's the best attitude to have, but it's not an easy one. No. And and there are people who aren't like the peripatetic Davises who move every two years, whether we need to or not, who, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, they they clear out every time they move. But for people who have had that home for 40, 50, 60 years, and that was their everything, and there are going to be people without insurance. Yeah. Anyway, we've talked about the fires for a long time. And of course, the Canadian Red Cross is taking donations to help in Northwest Territories, in Yellowknife, to help in Kelowna, West Kelowna, every other place that has been devastated by fire. And earlier this year, of course, by floods. It's just, 
people say, oh, the Bible predicted this. Well, you know what? So did Al Gore. So I don't know if, if Nostradamus said something about it too, for that matter. But the fact is science is science and you can feel about it how you want, but this is happening and it's been predicted. And we, oh. if we're not at the, oh, we're effed part of the scale, we're getting pretty damn close. Ah, oh, it's been a really, really tough couple of weeks. And I am not making this about me by any means, but when you love and care for someone who is in peril, I mean, pretty much everybody knows this feeling, right? How long ago was your house fire? It was in the 80s, the mid-80s. It was mostly smoke damage, but smoke took everything out. It uh, killed our dog. Oh. Oh, It was just beyond devastating. I mean, that was the worst part. But the second worst part was that a neighbor heard the smoke alarm go off, but didn't want to cause a fuss. So she didn't call anybody, come knock at her door, anything. And she stood there beside my burned home holding her dog, like, why are you telling me this with your live dog in your arms as mine is dead? I was so mad, Erin. I was just apoplectic. I was so mad. I had to walk away. So, you know, if you hear something, say something is, was the, uh, was the lesson I took from that, you know? Absolutely. Since you come from the 10th most polite city in Canada, according to a recent survey, I think that I should show some manners and let you decide what we talk about next. (laughs) Want to talk about getting old? No. Let's talk about... (laughs) I am not in the mood for this. (laughs) Any of it for getting old. Although it does beat the alternatives. We keep saying that it beats the alternatives. You know, it's funny that you found this article about how negative thoughts about aging, how much they affect people's perception of you, your perception of people, the discrimination you may or may not face. And I was thinking about this very thing the other day because I had it in my head for the last few years that I shouldn't wear anything above the knee. Okay. Okay. But you've got great legs. What are you talking about? I just stopped wearing anything above the knee. Shorts, skirt, skirt, you name it. And this summer and a little bit last summer, I thought, what is the matter with me? Like, it's not like I'm wearing a thong on the beach or a mini skirt or something. And um, I realized it was just all in my head. I thought, you're 60 now. Enough with the knees. Enough with those sexy, sexy knees. <laughs> Putting them out there. <laughs> Making the 90-year-old men go wild. Look at those gims. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It was all in my head. No one has ever said anything or made me feel anyway. It was all in my head. And I wonder what else I've put in my head about getting older. Oh, my God. Yeah. And and there's that old saying that if the voice inside your head was someone sitting in your passenger seat talking to you like that, you'd have pulled over and thrown them out of the car a long time ago. I don't know if I'd even pull over. Yeah, right. Not even a slow roll. Get out. But the thing with you, I mean, your arms, I'm jealous of your arms and your legs are fantastic. You've got toned calves. You're, you're not all, you know, sagging and sad like mine are. That's my judgment. 
Rob wouldn't dare say it. But you do you. I mean, you got great legs. Do what you want, for heaven's sake. And I don't care if I had elephant legs. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, it just doesn't matter. It's got to be. I'm always saying to younger women, wear the short dress, wear the trendy clothes, do all that stuff. Because there will come a time when you think, that's not appropriate anymore. So do it now. And then I thought, why am I stopping this. I do remember a saleswoman at a radio station I worked at a hundred years ago who was in probably close to 70 and she used to wear mini skirts, like mini, mini skirts and high heels. And it was not flattering. You do you, but it really was head turning in the wrong way. And I guess she sort of came to mind and I thought, you know, 60s here, I've got gray hair, but I think I've gotten over it now. So again, it's a limiting thought of my own. Exactly. And this was the article in the Washington Post. And basically, the gist of it was the old horror movie trope, the call is coming from inside the house. The attitudes, internalized ageism is the negative voice in a person's head that may push them to take extreme measures to look younger. We're looking at you, Madonna. Sorry, baby. Or tell themselves they're having a senior moment every time they forget a name. These attitudes are nearly universal, Lisa, about Four out of five between the ages of 50 and 80 subscribe to ageist stereotypes. Mm. And the irony is, in reality, the vast majority of older people feel like we're in good health and we're satisfied with our lives. But of course, in media, advertising, entertainment, we're forgetful, cranky, and frail. And technology. That's the other thing, too, is that, you know, oh, no, she's going to the self-checkout. Oh, no, she's pulling out her phone. It's going to be an hour and a half before she finds an app, you know, which is not the case at all. Yeah, yeah, we are good on our phones. But the problem is that I hear those voices and I realize they're probably in people's heads and then I get flustered and then I screw up. Yeah. You know, I get it. I know. It's like the moment I think to myself, if I ever have a thought, everything is going great today. That's when I walk into the coffee table. I don't know why. (laughs) So I understand that. (laughs) Well, the good news is in another study, Lisa, they found that People who had internalized more positive age beliefs on average lived seven and a half years longer. And when you think decline is inevitable, you're less motivated to take your medicine, eat well and exercise. We might as well Mm. die. Feeling bad about getting old can lower your self-confidence. Hello, that's you with your skirts, which can make people withdraw. Oh, sure. And makes people want to retire early. Yeah. And negative emotions about aging can actually raise people's biological stress levels. And guess what? They put you more at risk for heart disease and stroke. So as Cher said to Nicolas Cage, snap out of it. Wow. And we've got to do that. Yeah. Right. Negative thoughts as a whole are not great for you anyway, but a lot of people don't even realize they're having them or that they can change them, right? I mean, sometimes it's just so systemic and so ingrained that you have to really do a lot of work to fight them. But went out with my shorts on the weekend, felt great. Actually, I feel younger. You know, we're like not wearing under the cheek cutoffs or anything. You're still appropriate. (laughs) Or your juicy sweatpants. Yeah, I hear you. Which I have never had. But yeah, and and it really did make a difference. I did feel better and I felt, I don't know, more like I belong. Well, there are some actual tips, Lisa, to help us to hang up on that phone call coming inside the house. Recognize ageism. If we're not aware of some of that messaging, it's hard to resist it and question it and not take it in. Shift the blame from age 
to ageism. Mm. If you go to a doctor and they say, well, your knee hurts because you're getting older. Well, then why does my other knee not hurt? Right. Okay. And then the patient pushed on for an MRI and got one. And challenge messages that are against aging in advertising, politics, and everyday conversations. Right. You know, I don't care how old the leader of a country is if he's doing the job right and doesn't have his finger on the button all the time. A lot of those stereotypes are just that. They're stereotypes. And we are younger than our grandparents were at this age, if you know what I mean. Oh, hell yeah. We're more active. And I have a nephew, and I believe I brought him up before, who thinks age is something to joke about. And I said, where do you think you're going? <laughs> you know, If you keep eating and breathing, you're going to get here. Then what? Knock it off. And I will say that to him in those words. And we have a laugh. Ha ha ha. And uh, I never thought that age was something to poke at. For somebody. It's like, that's where I want to go, man. <laughs> I want what you've got one day. I'm 60 and I know stuff. I've been places. And there's also actual, careful, it's science, but it is, that shows that the next generation, they are going to be the first to see a decline in longevity. And it's because of so many factors, you know, environment, health, and all of the things that we are kind of paying attention to, especially in terms of getting fitter as we age and the things that we're doing to mm. change the trajectory. But that has to happen too. You're not going to live forever. Right. And so if you want to have a longer life and a better last third of your life, the time to change is now. And we're doing that. So quit making fun. We don't like you. <laughs> yeah. You young whippersnapper. Get over here and I'm going to hit you with my bedpan. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm going to hit you with my ski pole because I still ski. Right. So there. <laughs> May not actually ski in real life. <laughs> Great disclaimer. <laughs> actually, Rob's brother skis and he's in his 80s. Well, that's awesome. So that's pretty good. And he does it on purpose. It's not like he forgets and gets to the top <laughs> of the hill and has to go down. Okay. See now, that's just wrong. <laughs> Sorry. That was funny. <laughs> Well, I'm doing this from a hotel room. It's actually kind of a cottagey thing. And Rob's on the bed next to me and Dottie is all curled up and they're both being very, very good and they'll get a treat. <laughs> but this is my little getaway to a place called Pender Island. And I can't wait to bring you here. But you've had a busy summer too, as we kind of look at the uh, exit to August on its way. And uh, I loved what you were doing last weekend. Oh, yeah. It was all about family music. On Saturday, it was uh, my husband's siblings, the five of them, they play in a band together. They do a gig at the beginning of summer for a family get-together, and then one near the end, and this was the one near the end. And then on Sunday, it was uh, the One Brothers' other band, which is a Motown band, doing their debut gig. Biggest turnout of the summer for this series. Oh. So, you know, I did tell you I bought electronic drums, right? And I've been practicing. Yes. I chose a song that's going to be my first song because, I mean, I love Train. I know you love Train. You and Pat Monahan had a, a little, I don't know what to call it because you're not two guys. If you were, it would be a bromance, <laughs> yeah. but you. It might as well be. Yeah. You're pals. And I love the song Calling All Angels. And I happened to look at the video and I thought, oh my goodness, I can do that drum track. I can do that. It's simple. It's only got a couple little fills in it. I'm going to practice that until I perfect it. So I've been playing 
with Train almost every day on this one song. I happened to mention it to my brother-in-law, Colin, and he said, you've got to come and play with the family band. Can you imagine, Aaron? Like, they are all lifelong musicians. I've had this drum kit for maybe two months. Like, I don't want to play in front of anybody. And I said, look, I've chosen a song that I'm working on and you guys don't play it. And he said, what is it? He goes, great song. So he grabbed another brother and they went and worked it out on the piano and guitar So now they're playing Calling All Angels specifically so I can come over and practice drums with them. Isn't that sweet? Oh, that is wonderful. You see, and that's the anti-aging in action. You're trying new things, doing things you've always wanted, following your passion, beat of your own drum, literally. I mean, gosh. Well, (laughs) I spent a good 10 minutes begging him to rescind this offer and to not make me come and play because I'm like a monkey at the drum kit right now. Like, (laughs) I'm not sure. You know, if I can keep it going for 45 seconds, I'm lucky. And it's hard when you've never been a musician. Well, someone would say I'm still not because it's the drums. <laughs> uh, anyway, I just thought that was very sweet of them. And so I guess one of these days I'm going to go over and humiliate myself and let them help me. No, there's no humiliation. Please, please, please. Oh, how do we disabuse you of that? I don't know, because they're all really good. I mean, they get paid to play music and I am just a person with sticks. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. Like the guy who replaced Dennis DeYoung, just a person with sticks. <laughs> That was Gowan. He's a lifelong musician, too. Anyway. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's the support I get from the outlaws, which I think is pretty great. Well, you're going to have to step in to your discomfort zone even further because we are going to clamor for video. Oh, no. Yes. All right. Excuse me. I have to go practice. Okay. And on that note, and on that double dribble, tittle tittle, or whatever it is that you all speak in drum lingo. Paradiddle? Paradiddles. That's right. I used to have quite a pair of diddles, but I tip, they're down to my waist now. See, now there's the kind of talk we're not supposed to do anymore. Anyway, right. so it's time to clam up and sign off. How's that? That sounds good to me. Thanks for everything this week. And that means moral support. I mean, always from you. Thank you for this and for making for a great episode 34. Not as cheery as usual, but you know, sometimes life gets like that because it's what we're all going through. We're keeping it real. And uh, we love to talk on uh, our Facebook page, gracefully and frankly on Facebook, and are always happy when you come by and share your comments and thoughts. And thanks for doing that. We appreciate it very much. All right. Take care. We'll talk to you next week from who knows where. I'm Erin Davis. I'm Lisa Brandt. Bye.